What is good, everybody? Is that our opener? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were talking about. Um, we don't really have a, a good opener for this for this show yet. Um, I feel like it'll and... come organically at some point, but I don't know that what's good, everybody, is that is that moment. <laughs> I mean, okay, well. That's something I say a lot on like my other streams as on my other channel. Um, and I just, I have oh, to I see like, this is all cross promotion. Yeah. So if you're here, then you might as well go check out the, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's just a force of habit. I'm like, what's good everybody. Um, but yeah, maybe not the, yeah. And I don't know if it's something, is it something we do live every time, uh, we like start an episode or is it something that is like pre-recorded and like baked into the opening. Ooh, maybe we try that next time. Let's let's play around with this. This is this is some good thoughts here. <laughs> the, the first like ten episodes. Well, I guess after the next like eight episodes are gonna be like us trying different <laughs> openings <laughs> for this show. <laughs> it's just gonna be entirely unlistenable. But that's yeah. fine. We're we're still in our early days. This will be uh this will be great for the eventual Patreon feed. <laughs> we'll just have yeah. a whole bunch of random openers that we threw away. Right. Um it, yeah, it and it'll it'll be fun. It'll be a fun little compilation of all the Maybe that's our stick though. Maybe it's that we don't have an mm-hmm. opening and it changes <laughs> every single time. Um All right. No, I dig that. Yeah, okay. Uh, for those of you who are who are this early to the bandwagon, uh, you now know the secret that we've never had an opening planned. Yep, we just kind of uh, maybe that's but that's part of the charm, you know. Like we just we're just two two dudes named John, and we both like movies, and we just wanted to talk about them. So specifically of the horror persuasion. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't really like those, but <laughs> but that's part of the fun. So. Um, anyway, and, uh, <laughs> this this week, my dear friend John, I feel like I have to apologize <laughs> because uh, we we came off of the high that is the Scream franchise, uh, incredible yeah. horror series. Loved love all the movies for their own special reasons, and Netflix has a sequel coming out to one of the most iconic horror films of all time Mm -hmm. and i said to myself we should cover that so that we can do the new one that netflix is doing forgetting (laughs) that this movie is a lot (laughs) (laughs) that's saying um that's putting it i think mildly so for those of you who didn't read the title of the episode, we're covering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre today. And, yeah, uh, yeah, we are. John, what are your what are your opening thoughts that you definitely texted me immediately after watching the film? So, <laughs> um, we had been uh, trying to watch, trying to get this uh, movie covered for a while, and I, you know, just the craziness of our our job. We work in the theater industry, um, and just the craziness. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Um, and uh, so I finally texted John as I was putting the movie on. And I was like, hey, about to watch 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre, finally. He's like, cool, let me know what you think. Um, so I texted him, and I, I had to write it down in my notes here, because it, it rings true. This is as honest and as vulnerable about this movie as I can possibly be. I texted John immediately as the credits started rolling, and I said, this is one of the strangest, most uncomfortable experiences of white nonsense I've ever sat through. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> Can I say? I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, and I'll get more into my general... Th- you know what? Actually, fuck it. Let's talk about it now, because... Uh, if you've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know... 1974, directed by uh, Toby. Is it Toby? Tobe? Yeah. Toby? Yeah, I thought so. Let's see. Fuck it. <laughs> We're just going to change his name here. Uh, Toby Hooper and uh, Kim Henkel wrote it. Um, and we'll get into all this based on a true story stuff in a little bit. Um, so I-, I will say, white nonsense aside, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. Oh, good. This that said this movie is not for me <laughs> um and yeah it it was just super like disturbing and really uncomfortable you know half the movie is screaming the other half is just white people white peopling and uh, yeah like it was i think it was very interesting though and uh i'm interested in you had some interesting comments about it um, particularly on the the commentary that this movie is making, mm-hmm. uh, and I can I can tell you, I, I'm looking forward to you enlightening me because uh, I did not get that from this movie, <laughs> but perhaps I just need a little uh, illumination on it. Yeah, well, like I said, like I just said, I truly don't blame you for not liking or or not, you know. Not that you didn't like it, but, you know, this movie not being for you, because I, when I initially saw it, um, and again, I probably saw it at far too young an age, because that's the truth with most of these horror films. I started watching these when I was really young. Um, But I remember watching it and thinking, oh, that was just gross. Like, that was just gross. That was just an hour and something of these people, these kids just getting slaughtered there's there's nothing more like i don't get it what the hell did i what the hell um and so i didn't watch it again for a really long time until a couple years ago not even a couple like two years ago during the pandemic when when lockdown had like just started and i was bored out of my mind and i just needed something to do I put this movie on because it was like streaming somewhere for free. I think it was like on Amazon or something at that, that mm. point. And I was just scrolling through and I was like, you know what? Why not? I'm going to give this another chance. I'm going to see mm-hmm. what happened. And I don't know if it's the amount of time that had passed, how old I've gotten, or frankly, the state of the world at the time. But suddenly a lot of things clicked for me about this movie and it's now one of my favorite horror films uh, of all time. The biggest thing about that is the, like I said, the state of the world at the time, I think helped click a lot of things in 
because this is a movie about America. This is the American dream. This is the American experience. Now, these are the people that industrialization left behind. You know, you have that scene Mm. in the van where he's talking about the crazy kid is Mm -hmm. talking to them all about how uh, in the slaughterhouse, um, they're all out of a job now because they have these machines that do everything for them. You can't, you know, know the sledgehammer is the better way to do it because, you you know, this, this and this. And uh, yeah, these people are, are out of jobs, but they're still a family. They still have to come together and have a family dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has a job within the family. Everybody has, there's a hierarchy. There's, mm-hmm. you know, you bring grandpa down to, to you know, have have some nice, you know, dinner and, and meet the girl that you brought home. It is the American experience. It just so happens that the American dream is a nightmare, the American dream is a nightmare is what this movie is saying. And it really hit home for me in the la- in the recent couple of years watching it, that that is exactly what this movie was saying way back in, in the seventies. Um, which makes sense. Cause you had Vietnam and Watergate and all these things happening at that time mm-hmm. that a lot of people <laughs> had reason to complain and make comments of like, what the fuck is the state of everything? especially mm-hmm. in this country. And so now, you know, you have all of this happening in the world and this is what the world is. This is what the country is. It is psychopaths fending for themselves, for their families, doing what they can. Mm-hmm. Right. Um... Okay. <laughs> I could also be completely talking out of my ass, but that's that's what it said to me, right. uh, and that's why it, it is so uh, uh, good in my opinion. But I, I want to hear your your reaction after hearing that now. Yeah, I mean, I was also reading a little bit about this movie um, after after watching it, just because um, if nothing else, this movie was interesting. Um, just because i mean it's uh it's a bit um it's an older movie now 1974 um mm-hmm. so there were some interesting like things i enjoyed like um just like the the lack of dialogue in some scenes and just like certain shots like the shot on her eyeball like that was like kind of cool and creepy um mm-hmm. but also it's just speaking on some of the the commentary this movie makes um i will admit um kind of uh talking about the industrialization of uh, of america and kind of leaving the old ways behind uh is an interesting angle um mm-hmm. but like i think there is a, a a conversation to be had about that but like how does a commentary on the state of the world turn into just this cannibalistic family um, is kind of where where I get a little uh, little lost. But also, since you brought it up, we're gonna talk about how much I hated that fucking grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. 
easily the most disturbing moment of the film. Easily the most disturbing moment of the film. Because picture my fucking face. I'm in here watching it by myself um, and in the dark. And I see the scene where she's running through the house and she is, she sees the corpses in the, in the attic, you know? And then later, and they're like, oh, we're going to bring Grandpa down for dinner. I'm like, they're going to bring a fucking corpse to the table. And they stick her nasty little bloody finger in his nasty little dead mouth. And all of a sudden, this you hear it first before you notice he is sucking her finger and drinking the blood. Yeah. And and he was like, dance. I was like, what? I, I can't. Was he wearing someone else's skin? It sure looked like it um it's it's very possible or i i just i i I was so like what what the fuck is going on in this movie and leatherface was like wearing makeup and a wig i was just Mm -hmm. yeah it was um but just the grandpa i don't know why I had such a visceral reaction to it even in my notes that's the only part that i bulleted and like well all they're all bulleted but i it's in all caps and italicized and i just had to make a point in my notes that like i really did not like this moment in the movie um yeah. but maybe that was the point yeah i don't think that you're you're supposed to walk away from this film feeling comfortable that's right. definitely not their mo and i know that when we were starting off this podcast, I, I made a point of saying that I don't like movies that are gross for the sake of gross. Right. And that still rings true. I, I really just could not give a damn about movies that are just torture for the sake of torture or, you know, all that mm. stuff. Like you, you have to have something behind it, which is why I didn't like this movie in the first place. And it wasn't until rewatching it that it a lot suddenly fell into place. And I realized that this wasn't just gross for the sake of gross this was supposed to make you feel uncomfortable so that you to elicit the the uh reaction of oh right the country is in the shitter like we the state of america is not good this is not a good place to be right see um what's interesting going back to just the like the gross factor a little bit uh I was interested in watching this. Um, I'm sorry, let me take that back. I was, I found it interesting that a lot of the gross factor was not actually anything they were doing to anyone. I mean, there's obviously like shit that is gross. Yeah. Like, this movie is a lot less gory than its reputation would have you believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something. That just I I found so fascinating because I mean I was like I was um, mentioning before they there's a lot of like gross imagery you know there's bones and you know body parts and stuff mm-hmm. and dead little corpses that aren't actually dead um, but they don't actually all the kills are relatively quick um, and I mean we see the the moment where he like hangs the girl on the meat hook and that's really about as like gory as it gets but they don't like yeah. Um, you're not seeing any actual like dismemberment uh, happening, but a lot of the grossness is just like like them laughing while this poor girl is crying at the dinner table, um, yeah. and it just leaves you with this like icky feeling, or like just seeing the guy cut his own hand um, is just like what the fuck is going on? 
but there's not there's not a whole lot of actual like gore happening in this, which I found um pretty interesting uh, mm-hmm. go, uh coming out of it yeah absolutely uh, it's it's very interesting that this movie manages to do what it does without needing buckets of blood and viscera and everything like it they really rely on relatively cheap for a budget use of bones and corpses and stuff and um yeah expecting you as an audience to feel for this poor woman as she's experiencing the worst day of her life right yeah i mean this movie was made truly for a a song and a dance Uh, (laughs) um they uh The stories of this film being made, like the behind the scenes of this movie is just so upsetting. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. No, they they filmed this in the middle of the summer for I think it took them a month, maybe to film this. And it was on a shoestring budget. Yeah. And they filmed it in the heat and there was no portageon or anything like on site and so like it was just it the place stank it was uh <laughs> i it was a apparently just really shitty shoot like everybody had a horrible time making this movie oh god um yeah which is why it's you know really great that it ended up being worth it in terms of uh, box office revenue because the, the movie did gangbusters at the time it did really really well huh. uh, and i think that's i think that's because um i could probably do some research and look it up but i'm not going to because i'm not my phone's <laughs> over there and i'm over here um <laughs> i i would say that it's probably due to the nature of the film at the time because in this it, you know we're in the um mid early 70s and so this is sort of an experimental kind of guerrilla style film that was unlike anything anybody had seen and it was yeah. so counterculture I, I mean it was pure just you know fuck the man kind of filmmaking right that i think a lot of younger audiences would have flocked to this yeah and i mean i don't know you know your horror history more than i do um but 74 like i i don't know of a whole lot of slashers that came before this um or like if this was like pre pre pre-modern slasher yeah no this was definitely pre-halloween which is definitely the kickoff to the the idea of the slasher as we know it today but a lot of the same like tropes and imagery is still in this which i find yes interesting yeah it's isn't it though yeah it's it's really kind of fascinating the only other slasher that i could think that came before this would have been uh alfred hitchcock's psycho is probably Mm. the closest that i would i would name a a slasher to this yeah i mean there's some older older stuff that you could probably say is technically a slasher but not i'm going based off like the modern definition of a slasher film right um psycho is probably the closest but yeah this this movie uh for sure gets kind of glossed over in favor of halloween in terms of its uh impact on Mm -hmm. the horror 
genre and the slasher subgenre. Even hmm. though you're right, I mean there there are a lot of early tropes that are used in this, like the final girl, uh, final girl, the masked mm-hmm. uh, villain kind of character. Yeah, there's there's a lot here that uh, Halloween just sort of took over. Which, admittedly, Halloween, I think, I think the difference is Halloween did it. I don't want to say better, but I want to say with a with a finer paintbrush and right. so uh you could really pick up on on what was being laid down in that as opposed to this where a lot of it like like we were just talking about earlier gets lost in the white nonsense of it all <laughs> yeah um but even that's interesting there's just like a, a gang of of friends um presumably teenagers but i mean they're you know like adults whatever blah 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 young adults um, they, yeah they got they got who they could get to play these parts um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, this is, well, I, I actually, I don't know. Like, a, a lot of this could have stemmed from this type of movie where, you know, they're going out and, like, exploring shit they shouldn't be. Like, there's a, an abandoned house, and then there's an abandoned house next to the abandoned house, and each time, they just go in. <laughs> and just, like... <laughs> well, okay, to be fair uh, to to these poor kids... Right. <laughs> May God rest their souls. <laughs> um Yes, the first time they entered the creepy rundown house, I will grant you that's some white nonsense. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, they they should have knocked and said like, "Hey, our car ran down or like we need a, you know, tow or whatever." Right. Oh, okay, nobody's home. Bye. But no, instead the guy goes, "Is that a pig squealing?" And like he comes inside and, and uh in one of my favorite scares of the whole movie when the when the door yeah. opens and he just clocks him in the head. Oh my god! Oh, that scared the ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> when <laughs> when fucking Leatherface pops out, I just went, oh shit because <laughs> it was so quick. Yeah. It, it was it's so fast, so quick. And then he slams the door behind him, and you just you don't know what's happening, but you know it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, that's yeah. some white nonsense. Later. When this poor girl is getting chased, right. you can't you can't say that you wouldn't run into the any open building to get away from this guy with a chainsaw coming after you. That's fair. I more meant like they went because correct me if I'm wrong. The um like the the catalyst for oh, them no, being I out there. You, yeah, they went to that. They're like I guess the homeboy in the wheelchair. His dad uh, owned like the house or something, and they just went to it even though it was run down. Mm-hmm. It's like listen. If it, if if a house if any house is that run down, that house belongs to nature now. Don't don't fuck with it. Just like, go the other way. <laughs> well, they were paying their respects. They were they were you know checking it out because they had memories and all that there. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> um. So there was that. Uh. And then the you know what. They kind of try to paint uh, my boy in the in the wheelchair like he was the weird one, the eccentric kind of crazy guy of, of the of the group. Man, that motherfucker was the only one talking any sense. He was like, "I don't think we should be yes. here." He was like, "I don't think we should go out there." Yeah, um, and I think that that like, I think that that is such a fascinating start to that kind of trope, right? Mm-hmm. That the one person who makes any kind of sense, the audience surrogate is the one that every other character perceives as annoying and we just shouldn't listen to him because he's just being annoying. 
but it's the like, randy no, of the group listen to that guy yeah exactly he's the randy yeah yeah see i'm learning <laughs> <laughs> um jamie kennedy was good for something um <laughs> shout out <laughs> shout out to jamie kennedy i actually enjoy malibu's most wanted so um <laughs> i'm one of the few people that can say that <laughs> um anyway <laughs> cut that cut that cut that cut that <laughs> never i have final edit <laughs> Um. Uh. So yeah, it was just the those kind of things. Um. I also I hated how um Homegirl number one got stuffed in a freezer. That scared the shit out of me. She just popped out. That was scary. Mm-hmm. Um. The and like you mentioned, the final girl. Um. Couldn't catch a fucking break. Uh. The movie had a. I'm not gonna lie. It's weird. I like the ending of the movie where she's just kind of laughing crazily on the way out. Because I mean that's it. She's gone. Uh. In more ways than one. And then the movie just kind of yeah. ends with a Leatherface pouting. So I did tell John, because John and I talked about uh, all of the uh, the history after this movie. Um, just how I didn't realize there's nine of these fucking movies in total. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, soon to be nine, because yeah. the, ni- the ninth one's coming out um, in just about a, a week or so. Um and John made sure to tell me that, you know, sequels don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> apparently, there's, there, well, there's a lot of them. Sequels, reboots, prequels. Hey, there's a lot of them. And I just didn't want us to waste any more time than needed because our schedules are crazy enough as it is. <laughs> but what I found most fascinating is that I was excited because, again, kind of like with Scream and the, their newly coined term, um, the the requel, if you will, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie uh, is meant to be a, a direct sequel to this movie. And then I realized that that has already been done <laughs> with this fucking franchise. Yep. yep. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> why do they keep trying to make Fetch happen? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I know. This is the epitome of a franchise that should have just stopped with the original. I've I have heard some defenses of the second one, the one that came directly after this one, uh, because they take a completely different tone. It's mm-hmm. not a horror movie like this one is, like the gorilla style and everything. It's way mm-hmm. more of a dark comedy mm. than than anything else. And so I've heard some defense of that one right. um, in that regard. But just about every other movie in this franchise is not good. It's <laughs> not been received well. It's not that it, it, they never do great at the box office. They get their money back, but that's only because they're cheap as fuck to make. Right. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah, it's it's. It's like um it's like anytime they do like a predator movie like every time it just it it's never it's never really done well. Well, all right. I'm I I will not sit here and listen to you <laughs> slander the Predator franchise. <laughs> I love the Predator movies. But I, I'm talking about like recent in recent years. You like all of the Predator sure. movies? I like you know what? I'll give you the one with um, where they were like on fucking combat planet or whatever, 
uh, where they were yeah, all the one with Adrian Brody and yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. I thought that one That's was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that one. Yeah, Predators. Uh, it was it was a concept. It was cool. That one's fun. I like that one. I love the first with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That movie's right. fucking amazing. If have you if you've not watched it recently, give it a rewatch. Right. And and think about how much of a perfect satire it is to 80s action movies. Right. Because it's wonderful. Uh, but, but I will grant you two. The one with Danny Glover is not great. Well, what's the most recent? The most recent one they made. Oh, um, the Predator. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know what? You, 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 you are allowed to like what you like. That is between you and your God. Okay. <laughs> but going back to to Texas Chainsaw, I, yeah, I'm just I'm so I was dismayed when I found out that there were eight movies that follow this over spanning several decades. But I think there's something to be said about just the it the the secret sauce was just there for people with that first one um mm-hmm. it's just the the right amount of like what the fuck and well and i think you know the sequels started they lost what this movie was trying to do and mm-hmm. that was have a message most right. of the sequels after that were just scary for the sake of scary gory for the sake of gore like it was Mm. just you know we're just gonna try and scare some people and make a quick buck and that's it right but this movie went in with the idea that no we can make a commentary on industrialization and uh the american uh uh dream and situation and everything yeah i also read this movie scary I was also reading about this um, movie's impact with uh, vegetarianism. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And I thought that was uh, pretty interesting as well. Just um, like, yeah, I guess part of that. Yeah, the meat does play a big part in this movie, doesn't it? Um, it's so funny that they didn't think about that being a big part of the movie. But then this is now being used as a big recruiting tool amongst vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm like, huh, that's a, it's like, it's not correlation or causation or I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's just a weird thing, connection to make, but it's not out of the, it's not out of the question. I'm excited to, to see the new one. Um, just cause, uh, hopefully I will be impressed if, if they're able to, kind of capture some of that just like raw gorilla style like you were mentioning um uh style of filmmaking for the new one but um yeah i'm interested in seeing what what leatherface 40 years after the fact is like and if any of his family members are still around yeah i agree i think that'll be really fascinating uh, they're bringing back the last, the final girl here um, mm. for this next one, which will be interesting to see her story and what they do with that. Um, yeah, Did... I'm, I'm really hopeful. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they can do something unique with this, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I mean, Netflix, I think as a whole has been, uh, for the most part, 
um, doing pretty well with their with their movies and their releases. I agree. Um, so I, yeah, I'm interested in what this Did you uh, see this the, uh, is. The Fear Street trilogy. Did you watch any of those? I didn't. How are those? They're fun. They're really fun. They're not like top of the line or anything, but they're 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 quality slasher fare. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've not I've not checked those out just because again it's uh, a year ago wasn't my bag and you tell you what it's still <laughs> not really but I'll, I'll I'll do it for the cause. Um, I was about to say those might be a good good thing to do after we we wrap up Texas Chainsaw because uh, they're they're a nice palate cleanser horror movie because again they're not they're definitely not overtly terrifying uh, right but they're not not scary like they're they're well done right you know what could be fun um to do is to now that we're we're you know getting a little taste for the genre at least i am uh sorry for the really gross sound i just made i was uh oh yeah no i'm acting sure everybody like I was... loved that <laughs> like nibble just getting a little nibble of it what could be fun is now that we're watching certain movies and certain styles of these, like subgenres of this, um, is going back and watching uh, the scary movie franchise to coincide with them. <laughs> I will. I will say, I like the first one quite a bit. I do like the first scary movie quite a bit. I. I think it's uh, it's a fun uh, scream adjacent. Um, it almost feels like another scream uh-huh. movie. Just turn the cartoon level up to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like the first one. Uh, I enjoyed the. Se- I, I, I let me rephrase. I enjoyed the second one when I was younger. I haven't watched it in a very long time. Um, and there are. I remember there are parts there are specific moments in the third one that i enjoyed um i don't recall enjoying and or watching any of the the following movies but um speaking of scream you saw that uh they got greenlit for a sequel i did how exciting yeah i'm, I'm very pumped for that it's gonna be really cool yeah i'm stoked um so at least at least you got me with one franchise because i i heard that and i was like oh hell yeah because the last Score. one was awesome so all right um i don't know that i'm uh, quite a texas chainsaw fan yet but well <laughs> i wouldn't say that i'm a fan of the franchise <laughs> i like this one right <laughs> um but yeah uh just again, another reason why I do apologize profusely for skipping right to this one. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Broadband Choices in the UK, it's a uh, uh, communications and uh, research location. Mm. They decided to do, in 2020, they started their Science of Scare uh, survey, where they huh. brought in a group of uh, viewers to sit down, uh, 250 people to sit down and watch 40 of the world's scariest horror movies uh as they uh went through and and you know by either popular choice or through you know various film uh websites and things just the whatever they found were the average you know scariest films and then they 
put the heart rate monitors on them to mm. determine what is scientifically the scariest movie. Huh. Uh, they did it in 2020, and then in 2021, they did it again. Uh, and the, the listing changed a little bit between the two. Uh, however, on both of these, uh, still in the top 20, is Texas Chainsaw. Uh, in 2021, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was ranked number 18th on the scariest films. Huh. Uh, the average heart rate is uh, 64 beats per minute. Uh, but the uh, that's pre that's the the control is sixty four beats per minute. Uh, while watching the movie, the um, average uh, heart rate was seventy seven beats per minute, mm. and there was a spike of ninety nine beats per minute. That was the oh highest spike. So, yeah, I we we definitely left a little little far here for. <laughs> this one <laughs> yeah definitely going scientifically scr- speaking science that's you know what that's that's a that's a scholarly thing you just did um yeah it, it's it was definitely interesting going from uh, scream which leans very heavily into the uh, the like black comedy and um more of a modern slasher um type of movie into this because yeah this is a complete 180 for me um but i yeah yeah, i i think after we do the new texas chainsaw my recommendation is going to be we do something a bit more campy uh, Mm. because we haven't really explored something with campy horror that like old 50s style where it's really not scary but technically like, it's a horror movie <laughs> like killer killer clowns from outer space <laughs> i'm thinking the blob if you've have you oh. ever seen the blob if i remember you know what i remember one i just remember seeing the blob move that's literally it that's all i remember <laughs> okay yeah so, 1958's the blob starring steve mcqueen Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I think huh. that'll be a, a perfect palate cleanser horror movie to to keep us going and to show a whole other side to horror that we really haven't uh, explored yet, which is the goofy campy factor. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's also on HBO Max, so we don't have to worry about renting it or anything. Hell yeah, I like that. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the new one. Uh, the new, not not the new Blob. I don't know if they're doing that, but <laughs> but for the new uh, Texas Chainsaw, just to see uh, where the story goes. Now that I'm uh, totally, I'm primed and ready. Is that All it? Right. Anything else we want to bring up? Um. Oh, we got to do our our overall ratings, of course. What did you oh, think right. of of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a scale of one to five ghost faces? I think we, we should just keep ghost faces throughout the whole run of uh, this you, podcast. You, That's you a good miss, scale. You missed the perfect opportunity to go to go to do one uh to do a five leather face reading rating. Oh, oh god, I can't enough. fucking I can't fucking talk today. Um <laughs> So wait, am <laughs> so I doing ghost like this is an audio medium. It's fine. <laughs> am I doing ghost faces or leather faces? We'll do leather faces. That's good. Okay, for for this one, we'll we'll do uh, a rating of five. Um, 
I I guess I, oh, fuck I don't I don't know I don't know how many <laughs> how many I can justifiably give this or not uh on a scare we'll, fact we'll start with a yeah we'll start with the scare factor from a scary factor one to five where where would you throw this from a scare factor one to five I would put it at for me I would do like three and a half leather faces only because it wasn't like there were a few jump scares that got me um but overall it was it wasn't so much that I was like frightened of anything there as more as i was just really uncomfortable by what i was watching um which again i it's not like it's not meant to be funny it's just it's just how i felt and i think that's part of the goal of the movie um as far as far as enjoyment uh i'm gonna and mind y'all it's because this just movie just isn't for me i'm gonna give it two leather faces um i don't I cannot picture a situation in which I would voluntarily put this movie on again. Um, but that's right now. I don't know where my brain's going to be at in a few years. Um, that's perfectly fair. Yeah. I, I, so, would, I, yeah. I agree with you on a scare factor. I think three and a half out of five is probably fair. Um, you know, it's it's got some quality jumps, but it's not terrifying, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. Um, for me, I think this is a, a five out of five, just mm. overall quality. I, this is a, uh, this is a, a damn good horror movie, uh, for those of you who enjoy horror movies, but see, now I feel bad. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm rating it as like on a personal, on a personal level, not on no, like how well the movie was actually made. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I say stick with the personal because I think that's I I try writing reviews. I have a letterbox that I use right. regularly. I write reviews all the time, and I'm starting to hate myself <laughs> for it because I don't. I try to be as objective as possible when I write things. But right. That's not what reviews are, and that's not what art is. It's all subjective. So right. absolutely keep it personal. If this movie is a two star for you, then it's a two or Leatherface rather, then it's a two Leatherface. Nobody give, doesn't give a shit. Like it's fine. Right. Because uh, the people who love it will love it, and they will continue to love it. But it just absolutely. I'm just the only like... franchise that you should worry about your opinion being heard is Star Wars, because those fans will come after you. <laughs> <sighs> You know what I don't understand? I'm sorry. We have <laughs> you brought it up. Uh, I haven't even talked about Boba Fett on my channel yet. Uh, I don't understand how John Favreau and Dave Filoni get all the praise, all the praise. However, because mind you, those two dudes wrote every single episode of the Book of Boba Fett, um, and yet. It's only I'm only seeing shade thrown toward Robert Rodriguez. Now I'm not saying he's a perfect director. I'm not saying he hits it out of the park uh, every time. I'm not saying that. But like he also he did give us one of the best episodes of season two of The Mandalorian, where we saw Boba yeah. Fett come back and whoop some ass. Uh, at least some of the best Boba Fett action we've ever gotten. And then all of a sudden this show comes out, and they're just specifically ripping Robert Rodriguez to shreds 
but not not ripping not not going after the writing team like mm-hmm. i was like share I, the wealth you know <laughs> i completely agree with you and i just just as a note to any star wars fan listening you don't have to keep watching you can do other things with your life other than hate on the thing that other people enjoy you know what? If you like, if you like just the original trilogy, I got good news for you. They exist. They ain't going nowhere, baby. They're right there. You can watch them to your plus. They're on Blu-ray. You can get them wherever. You, if you look hard enough, I'm sure you can find some weird bootleg uh, version of the despecialized editions. They exist, and you know what? They will be just as fabulous as ever. Have but you, you know what? <laughs> to, to to swing it back somewhat to, to topic have you ever seen the alien movies have you is that a franchise you've enjoyed i've never watched them you know what i have seen this is how bad i i am uh i have seen it's not even one of the alien movies i have seen prometheus <laughs> that's an alien movie it counts but it's, it's not a like prequel. yeah it, i mean it's it's in the franchise but it's not like one of the alien movies um sure. uh so that might be one to uh to check out too. I wouldn't mind checking those out. I I think we may have to sub out Blob for Alien because I love the Alien movies. But the reason why this was somewhat on topic with what we were we were just talking about uh, in terms of fandoms, um I love the Alien movies. I love Alien mm-hmm. 1 and Alien 2. Um and then Alien 3 something happens in the beginning of that movie that um it it destroys certain things about certain characters and it just it it really bummed me out when i saw it and like really it did upset me so i get where star wars fans are coming from from that perspective of like wow i feel like you ruined these characters that i really enjoyed when you made that choice but you know what i did i ignored the movie and i just kept living my life (laughs) I just said that movie doesn't exist in my head canon and I'm going to just enjoy the first two. Yeah, it's that fucking easy. Um and then I hated that specifically the episodes uh in which the Mandalorian came back. Shout outs to Bryce Dallas Howard because her episode uh in uh Book of Boba Fett was fantastic. Um mm-hmm. We're not, we're not giving her enough. She's another one. We're not giving her enough praise for what she did in, in that mm-hmm. show and with her, her direction in um, the other Mandalorian seasons. But totally. um, where even then where she, where she deserves praise, we can Star Wars fans continue to just give praise to two. I'm going to say it two white men. Um, and yep. you know what? They are brilliant. I, I'm not, I'm not no tea, no shade to them, but I'm just saying Star Wars fan check yourselves because uh anyway sorry i've just a lot of the chatter online has been um like people complaining about shit that i'm like you know what you don't have to fucking like it if robert rodriguez has he you know the reason he got the job is because he has a style as a director and they thought we want to try to take a we think it would work well with star wars guess who knows more about star wars than you the fucking people creating it sorry um so, like, if you want to complain about a guy doing a, a fancy little spin before he shoots somebody. <laughs> okay, but that fancy little spin was so much, though. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. it 
it it was useless, but you know what? It 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 creates a moment, and you don't have to like the moment. You don't have to agree, but I'm just saying. Like to to then claim that the whole show is ruined because of this one little thing, I'm like, man, y'all really y'all need to need to get a life. <laughs> Sorry, you well, got on me on a note, Boba Fett tangent. Thank you all for joining us <laughs> on this Star Wars podcast. Honestly, it's gonna turn into that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, hey, are we gonna talk? I mean, there's I think there's some some wiggle room to like bring up certain parts of certain other movies, you know. And talk about them. I'm yeah, sure. No. I'm sure once we like see the, the Batman, idea. we'll talk about the Batman oh, for sure. No, I think I like the idea of, of bringing up horror elements in in non horror movies. I think that yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, I think, we should I think definitely do that. It's fair game, um, especially when Matt Reeves was like, "Yeah, um, the Batman is borderline a horror movie." Like, great, we can talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. All right, I gotta, I gotta go cool off now <laughs> yeah thank you all for joining us uh you can uh catch us in two weeks when we bring you our thoughts on the newest the texas chainsaw massacre uh which you can watch on netflix yeah starting the 18th i believe that's yes the 18th oh man i'm good so all right. <laughs> in the meantime ladies and gentlemen we hope that we helped you find your next favorite scary movie. Yes, we scare because we care. Damn it, that's also really good. I don't that's a great closer. Wait, no, wait. I think, I think I just, I think I just violated a copyright law. I think that's from Monsters Inc. <laughs> Cut that. It was shorter than six seconds. We're fine. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> <laughs>